Yes, thank you so much for viewing and to accommodate me. Oh, no problem. Yeah, yeah, it's not a problem. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for to um, I'm excited for today's reading, tonight's reading, I should say. Um, so. Yes, tell me, what do I need to do? Um, well, well, I just wanted to get some clarification because I, you know, I went through the comments you put in the calendar, and um, you said that you have had many career paths. But what is it you're doing now? You're you're so you're working in the creative industry now. I uh, no, so I am technically I would I guess in the wellness industry. Um, I'm a sleep consultant. Uh, a what consultant? A sleep consultant. So I help parents with their baby sleeping. Oh, okay. Also sort of like try and get their sleep back, but it's more like a behavioral side of sleep consulting, so not mm -hmm. really the medical side of things, like no no, no medicine or, you know, supplements. Mm -hmm. That's not in my jurisdiction. It's more of like behavior patterns, uh, routines, that kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Okay. But you have always like had a desire to work in the creative fields, like you said, media and... Um, like scripting and things like that, uh, storytelling? Yes, yeah, I've always, I guess I've always loved those things because I was, <laughs> I used to watch a lot of TV growing up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, used, I really enjoy the creative things, but it's always sort of the out of reach uh, to, to get to. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've, I've done a lot of other things as well, like I was an English teacher, I used to do voluntary work with uh, kids. Um, I've been a in PR and communications for a hotel. I have been in a coffee company, a social enterprise, uh, consolidating like their social data. But sometimes I was doing corporate social responsibility stuff. <laughs> um, and now I'm doing sleep. And I also teach baby sign language. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So you do a lot. Okay. Or you have done a lot. Mm -hmm. I have done a lot. Yeah. So right now I'm, I'm sort of focusing on like the mom and baby space. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing only because as interesting as it is, I can feel myself self-sabotaging myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Mm, yeah, so it's almost like I'm like, oh, I hope this person books me, or like, I really hope this person actually doesn't book me, because then what if it doesn't go, or, I don't know, I just, I start going to stuff, negative talk and stuff, but when it comes to organizing theater, or putting on a show, or an event of some kind, um, I don't have those thoughts, I just go, I just, I just do, like, mm -hmm. I don't even know how I'm going to do it, but I just do it, I don't tend to have those fears but the, I think the block comes from like accessing that that industry because I've moved around so much as mm -hmm. well yeah okay mm -hmm. interesting okay well you know what thank you for clarifying I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen and um pull up your chart okay how long have you been doing astrology Oh, um, recently. So um, I'll officially have the certification um, by the beginning of July. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So um, 
Here we go. Can you see my screen? Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. So thank you for giving me all that information because it'll this will be like a nice uh, detailed reading now that I have um, this a lot to go with. So thank you. Um, yeah. So first thing I'll start with is I see your sun sign is Pisces, your rising sign is Virgo, um, and you are a Virgo moon. So you're double earth. Um, and you know, what I tell people is that the sun sign is really like your secret sauce for doing everything. It's like the, the style that backs every aspect of your life, but it doesn't necessarily describe all of you. Um, yeah. you know, yeah, your placements are going to really determine like the energies in certain areas of your life. Um, but it may not necessarily be like your Pisces self. So, um, okay. yeah, so that's what I just like preface the reading with that also. Um, so this chart is like a snapshot of the cosmos, right. Or like a, of the astrological realm at the very moment you were born. So, you know, it's not really something we can use, like we meaning us, the astrology readers, we can't use it to like give, um, like details of the future. We can't like you know, we can't use it as fortune telling um, because everybody's given free will at the moment, you know, from the time you're born, you know, you, you can do what you want to do. So the chart really just tells us like, um, again, like what energies are in what areas of your life. So we can kind of tell you like what will be beneficial um, and obviously like the challenges and, you know, the things that um, we see in the chart and then also what you are experiencing too. So, um, okay. So the first thing I want to start with is your Chiron. Um, and this might explain a lot as to um, like the self-sabotaging you were talking about. Um, now the Chiron right here, it's this little circle with a K on it down here and in, in the chart, it's at the very bottom. Um, the Chiron is what your soul has been wounded in. It's like any type of trauma or adverse experiences you may have had in previous lives. So it kind of manifests in the current human experience as those like limiting beliefs or um, like you mentioned, just like the self-sabotaging like thought patterns and things like that. But it's not necessarily anything you've done or things that are happening in your current life. Again, it's just, it's things that have been brought over that you were literally born with um, right. that really would be affecting you kind of in an adverse experience, in an adverse way now. Um, mm -hmm. Now the placement tells us specifically like where it's showing up or like how it's showing up. Um, you have it in your ninth house and the sign of Gemini. So the ninth house is all about leadership and how you guide others. And Gemini is an air sign. It loves communication. So I know you like to communicate and it, it loves creativity. Um, it's a very active sign. So it does like to have multiple projects going on. Um, I like to consider Gemini to be like the journalist of the Zodiac. So it's mm -hmm. going to be like researching and, you know, communicating with people and bring, you know, gathering information, things like that. But you have a Chiron here. So mm. that just leads me to believe that, you know, in previous lives, you may have experienced like, you know, maybe being patronized for being um, a leader in the creative, um, in any type of creative pursuit, excuse me. Yeah. Any type of creative endeavor, um, you know, showing up as, as someone who is like seeking more information, like, you know, you might've been like, I don't know, put down or punished or, you know, a, lo a lot of different um, like time periods. Like if you didn't conform to like society standards and you would be considered like, you know, a traitor or like a witch or something like that. I'm, I'm get, that's just what I'm getting with like your Chiron wound. Um, and it all, you also might've been like discredited because the one thing with this ninth house is that um, 
you know, it is leadership and how you guide, but it's also like your credibility as like a subject matter expert. So right. I think, yeah, that, that wound here is kind of showing up is like what you said, like feeling like, oh, if I do get books, like, am I going to be good enough? Or, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping they cancel because, you know, there's like that self-limiting belief there. But I think that that's due to your Chiron placement. Does that resonate? Yes, very much so. Okay. Um, now, the interesting thing about your Chiron is that it's in the same uh, sign and house as your Midhaven. So this MC stands for Midhaven. The Midhaven okay. doesn't have anything to do with like your soul's purpose per se, um, but it, it really indicates like the kind of work that you would do well in for a career. So um, okay. yeah, so like it's, it's, so again, it's interesting that your Chiron, like your soul's wound is wounded in like what you would do, you know, what you would fare well in as a career in this human lifetime. Um, oftentimes you'll see the energies kind of like balance each other out. Like one thing that's like a wound or a block may be um, like placed in an area that you also have strengths or yeah. So, you know, your Midhaven being in Gemini, I think that also means you may do not just many different things in one job, but have like many different jobs. And I think you kind of said that, that, you know, at some point you were doing like multiple things. Yeah. Um, now with RTT, are you still going to be doing the sleep consulting or, or is that a part of RTT? Uh, I think I'm going to be using RTT together with the sleep consulting just because the sleep consulting is, is, you know, schedules, routines, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it can go quite well together. Like mm -hmm. RTT deals with the, like the, the psychological aspect of things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the idea. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, you know, do another thing and I'll be like, oh no, I don't know if this is the right thing. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you know what? That's a really great idea. Now, um, how far along are you in, in the RTT course or, or training? I do. I just, uh, yeah, I'm towards the end of the second module. So I'm very new. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Because I was going to ask, like, once you wrap everything up, are you going to do other things in addition to that? Like maybe like a, an online course or um, like just anything else, like a YouTube channel or something, like something else that would, would accompany your RTT work? Um, I hope so at some point. So I've, I am going to be starting uh, a YouTube channel and a podcast, but that's more on wellness. So I'm interviewing different wellness practitioners that based here in Singapore. Because mm -hmm. um, I want people to know that if there's, you know, if they've got issues, that there's so many options for treatment. You don't have to just go to one doctor and that's it. Like, oh yeah. See that. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that's right up Gemini energy. Yeah. I, the reason I ask that is because like, it, look what I said with it, wanting to be busy with that Gemini um, trait of being active and creative. I think that that would be like really, really good. Um, yeah, definitely. So I've got RTT, I've got the business, the sleep business, I've got baby signs whenever I can get that going. But I'm mm -hmm. also like learning Spanish and practicing my Japanese on the side. Oh, <laughs> wow. So you're really busy. <laughs> like, it, it literally, as soon as you describe it, it's just like, yeah, it sounds like me and my ADHD. Um, but yes, communicating everything, the podcast and that sort of YouTube channel podcast has always been something I've always been interested in and mm -hmm. I've liked conversations a lot. 
So that's kind of why I'm doing it as a fun thing because sleep consultants felt very, very draining. Because um, I'm dealing with very emotional parents a lot of the time, right? Uh, and they've been sleep deprived because their child's not sleeping and they don't want to hear their child cry. But then within a few days, they're like, oh my God, my child's not crying. But yeah, it just takes a couple of days. And then it's a lot easier. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Uh huh. It's just quite stressful always in the initial part, or with adults who tend to always have an excuse to not follow simple plans because of habits uh, that have formed for years, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Well, awesome, really exciting work. Um, I think, yeah, I think your placements are definitely in alignment with what you're um, working in this, the other thing that I mentioned. So the third thing to kind of go along with your career, um, mm -hmm. is looking at what's in this 10th house. So okay. the 10th house is like actually the house of careers and like your imprint in, that you make in society. Um, you don't have any planets here, but it's in the sign of cancer and cancer is like what I consider the mama bear of the Zodiac. It's very nurturing and warm and inclusive and just like very understanding it's a water sign so it doesn't mind like being emotional being vulnerable and I think that you know you having this placement is really um really beneficial for working with parents who are you know really adjusting to being parents um because yeah. you know you give them that like you know motherly nurturing at least in how you are training them or you know guiding them so um, yeah, I think that's actually a beautiful placement as well. Mm. Um, okay, so next up, I want to talk about your true node. So it's this little symbol right here. And in mm -hmm. the chart, it's down here. Mm -hmm. um, you have, so the true node is all about the challenges that your soul is here to overcome so that, excuse me, so that you ascend to your highest self in this lifetime. Um, sorry. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Oh, oh okay. Yes. Sorry. I thought you asked something. Okay. Yeah. So your true note is placed in your eighth house in the sign of Taurus. So the eighth house is all about other people's money and, um, also sexuality. So, um, but other people's money, it means like, um, like, so think of investments or like the government, government funding, taxation, um, banking, things like that. Um, and Taurus is an earth sign. It's yeah. ruled by Venus. So Taurus is a very hardworking sign. Um, it's practical. It's consistent. It's, um, you know, very much into like enjoying the rewards of its hard work. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a sign that really like prides itself on like prosperity. But if you have a true note here, that is like a challenge for you. So, but specifically within a true note in Taurus, what I see that as is like, you know, you may just feel like even with all the hard work you do and all the things that you're involved in that you don't really feel prosperous and, you yeah. know, you don't really enjoy like the rewards you do get for your hard work, even though, you know, you might be well paid or, you know, you are getting like say accolades from colleagues and clients and things like that, but it, you don't really feel that way. Does that resonate? Yes, very much, yes. Yeah. Um, now, the good thing with true nodes is we also look at your south node. It's not a symbol in the chart, um, but how we get it is we just literally go opposite of where the, 
the true note is, and another name for true note is north node. So you may also hear to refer to as, as north node as well. Um, so, but the south node is opposite of the um, north node. And yours is down here in the second house in the sign of Scorpio. So okay. the second house is all about um, your personal income and like what you value. So like how you make your money, um, like, like what kind of things you like place value on. So like, is it your home? Is it like all of your physical possessions, like clothes and things like that? And obviously your money. Um, mm. So what this leads me to believe is that you do this well, like you, you manage your own money. Well, if that makes sense, like you make money easily, but if it comes, when it comes to like, maybe feeling like, you know, you're safe enough or um, like prosperous enough to like invest or buy something really, really nice. Like that's the challenge. Cause your true note, your, yeah, your North nodes up here. But yeah. as far as you getting the money, like that is like a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what I'm getting with that. Now it's in the sign of um, Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Scorpio is a very, it's a water sign, but it kind of represents everything that's hidden. Um, it's a really, really deep sign. Um, it's ruled by Pluto. Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. Um, I like to consider Pluto a planet that really values uh, endings and beginnings. So when something isn't working for you and something isn't um, just in alignment with you anymore, Pluto wants you to let it go, wants you to put an end to it, and it wants you to be open to beginning anew. So I think that this placement here is like, it's, it's allowing you to embody that energy. And I think that's what makes you um, or allows you to be just a really good money maker. I feel like you know when to to kind of move on to something else or to reinvent yourself, like change your strategy um, and just look for like maybe other opportunities where you are, things like that. Because another aspect of Scorpio is that it, it is like a bit of a researcher. Like it's going to kind of like dig deep and kind of figure things out <laughs> like kind of behind the scenes or below the surface. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think that that placement is um, very beneficial for having your South Node in as well. Mm. So uh, I have to really just know that I will always continue to have this, this self-sabotaging thing because of the Chiron and also the True Node both being in houses that affect both career and feeling prosperous. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Are you saying, are you always going to feel that way? Yes. Um, no, I mean, it's, that's kind of a tricky question. Cause I, you know, I feel like, you know, a part of your soul's work is to like work through this and transmute that energy. Um, yes. so it's just really up to you and like the, the work that you decide to do. Um, you know, what I tell people is like how you really heal a Chiron, um, you know, it depends on where it's placed, obviously, but um, obviously you want to work on doing the things that it's, that's affecting like the, the area of it. I don't know if I'm making sense, but like, so with your Chiron being in the ninth house in Gemini, you know, you may not feel credible. You may not feel like a leader. Well, it's wanting you to kind of step up more as a leader. It's wanting you to assert yourself as a leader, to transmute that energy. The other aspect of, you know, healing wounds in the, in the houses where they are, like you look at um, the natural placement of that house. So yeah. the natural placement of the ninth house is, I think, Sagittarius. Yeah, because mm -hmm. then it goes, um, 
had Pukuhon. Aquarius, yeah, sorry, sorry, I had to think for a second. Yeah, the, the natural placement of the ninth house is Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jupiter. So if you were to embody the energy of Sagittarius, that's a fire sign. That's a passionate sign. Um, Sagittarius is also like known as the philosopher or the, like the teacher of the Zodiac. It goes out, it like seeks these like missions. It goes into like places that's kind of unfamiliar to itself and it gets as much as it can to like expand. So the, the planet Jupiter, which is its ruler, is all about expansion. It's the planet that puts the icing on the cake. So that's what I would tap into to heal this Chiron as well, because, you know, your, your Chiron is placed in the house of Sagittarius, even though yours is in Gemini, the mm. natural ruler here is Sagittarius. So it's like, how would you behave? How would a Sagittarius leader show up to people? Well, very, very confident, very action oriented, um, very motivational. You know, it's going to want to get people on its side um, and figure out ways that, again, would kind of take people from one point to the next because again like kind of tapping into that expansion energy it's always going to want to not just make itself feel like higher or like heighten its awareness or its level of knowledge it's going to want to do that for everybody around it as well um, mm. so that's just a strategy I tell people um, for like transmuting any of their wounds um, yeah it's just to kind of do what the thing is, but then also tap into the energies of where it's placed. Okay. Um, so that's what I have for that. And your true note over here and um, Taurus. So the eighth house is actually ruled by Scorpio. So, but your south node is in Scorpio. So I feel like that's actually a good placement because um, what you do well is kind of constantly transform yourself I feel like you know I feel like you kind of would always have a new approach for something I'm always choosing a new career as well right so <laughs> I'm sorry you're thinking of a new career no I'm always changing I'm always choosing a new career like if I don't really you know, I'm just like okay let's let's find something else then <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely Pluto energy definitely mm -hmm. Yes. Ending one thing and starting anew. Definitely. So um, I guess I, with other people's money, though, I, honestly, I'm not really sure on like, I think you might have to tap into more of like that, um, like researcher, um, like the person that really goes and digs for clues. Like, I feel like you might have to like tap into that energy to heal the true note energy. Um, yeah. And that may make you feel a little bit more prosperous. Another way that I tell people they can work on true nodes and um, also Chiron placements is to embody the, um, the energy of the planet that rules the sign where it's placed. So Venus rules Taurus. Mm -hmm. Venus is a planet that it's not just about love and beauty and elegance. Venus is also about prosperity. You know, it's, a, it's earth and air elements. Um, Venus wants us to really enjoy the fruits of our labor. It wants us to have a nice home. Um, it wants us to kind of like have like just nice things, right? So think like earth elements, like plants and essential oils, like it's that type of energy. So if you can do that, you know, you can kind of like. Definitely do it that. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, then you might, you know, feel more comfortable feeling prosperous, you know, more um, just in alignment with like really 
thinking that you are achieving what you are set, what you're setting out to achieve. Mm. Um, okay. So mm. next up, I want to talk about the moon sign and the moon placement. The, the way we see moons in this methodology is we consider it to be the insights into our ancestral wounds. So okay. the Chiron is your soul's wounds. The true note is the challenges in this human experience, but your moon sign is going to be your ancestral wounds. And when we say ancestral, we mean like um, your parents, their yeah. parents, if you knew them, uh, any aunts and uncles, maybe your siblings. So people in that like family of origin, um, yeah. and I like to call it the soul cluster. So any type of traumas and like adverse experiences, maybe dysfunctional like family systems that happen in that soul cluster is really going to be like the, the moon sign and the moon, the placement of the moon sign tells like where those wounds are. Mm. So you have your moon in the 12th house in the sign of Virgo. So that leads me to believe that, you know, there might have been some dysfunction around just like belief systems, like uh, spirituality and um, belief systems around healing. Um, or so there's kind of a spectrum here. So it could have been that there was like some dysfunctional or like maybe um, really, really eccentric type of beliefs around spirituality or the other end of the spectrum where it was like really, really strict. Like everybody was expected to believe the same thing. Yeah, and I think kind of a combination of, of both. So my parents, I think my parents didn't know, because we, we moved out of India when I was like two. Mm -hmm. And so they tried really hard to preserve the culture as much as they could, but they themselves realized that they didn't know that much about our religion. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of the spiritual practice, there was a very disconnect between my, my mom and my dad. My dad had, was very prayerful. My mom was just like, um, and, <laughs> and later they became they started following a guru and I also follow the same guru but they are so into it like my mom's a teacher for the same like guru's organization my dad is now one of the trustees um, and that happened when I was about 13 and my mom is the type of person that goes very heavily into something she likes something she goes in so heavily to the point that she have to force everyone around her to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And that became a big concept because it felt, uh, it, yeah, it, 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 it was, it was um, you know, it was just like, oh, you should be doing your meditation. You know the breathing, la, la, la. And I'm like, I'm 13. I want to go talk to boys. Things are different right now. Um, and so there was a big cultural, I think, because spiritual and cultural ties very closely for my parents and for my um, my heritage, I think there was a huge clash about yeah about sort of a spiritual aspect. So I feel like I've come into my own spiritual path now a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, and but at the time, it felt very like I was forced fed like you have to do this and you have to do. This. I wouldn't say it was that strict. As compared to like my husband, like I would love for you to see my husband's child at some point, but because um, his was very like you do and you say nothing else, and if you question, don't question. That's literally just that. Whereas my parents were just like, I don't know, we just do it, <laughs> so we're just gonna do it. Um, 
So they're both casual, but at the same time, my mother was very hard ass about it. She was just like, oh my God, this is the only way that you should do it. You can't, you know, can't have your period and go into a temple. And nowadays, you're just like, no one cares about that. That's like ancient stuff. And yeah. Men, you know, putting power over women and stuff. But for her, it's really hard to let go of those things. Like, she's just like, oh, girls should always wear dresses and never wear pants. And I'm like, you're wearing pants right now. Like, really? Like, <laughs> Um, I would say that it, it got muddled with both cultural and religious. So it's, it's a bit hard. I think for me, it, it was a it was a combination of both because it was it was part of culture. It was part of the original culture for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, it feels like um, you have like worked through that. Now you sound pretty sound in like what you believe. Um, and so it's not really something that holds you back in any area of your life. Yeah, no, I think at that point it was really challenging. And for many, many years it has been. But I think to so this year I learned the particular esoteric outcomes. I mean, I love what you're doing. I'd love to know more how you got trained and stuff as well. Because I think, because I read palms as well sometimes. Um, but I, I do a different, I do something called Akashic reading so it's like oh yeah yeah I've heard of that mm. and I've I've only just recently learned it but ever since I've learned it I've just always been going to the next level next level just like buying off the next courses uh because I, I I really resonate with that and so I think they're sort of like oh she's found something we can kind of back off now a bit mm-hmm. uh, but you know it's 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 still it's still there like oh you know you shouldn't be going out to drink with your friends <laughs> because <laughs> and, and you do all these spiritual things don't you think it's hypocritical and I'm like I think it's a little bit more pressurizing that you guys are talking like this so stop it <laughs> um so there is there is still sometimes that conflict comes in but I'm a lot better now to do. Well, at least try and keep it at bay as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yes, our, our soul cluster has always been sort of conflicted because my brother is a very aloof character. He's not very present with our family. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no animosity. He's just a, he's just sort of in his own world a lot. Um, and only really, besides talking about his kids, Otherwise, I think his main communication with my dad is really about finances because my father, um, you know, is the is person who gave him his house and things like that. So obviously, all the financial related matters, we always go back to my dad for. Um, but otherwise, he's kind of in his own world. And so there is also that disconnect between all of us because I think they yearn for that connection, but they put a lot of that unresolved things sometimes on me so they've become so involved in my life <laughs> because they can't be involved in his yeah I've heard of that before mm-hmm. um yeah. well so, yeah like I said you're handling really really well and another aspect of your chart that um leads me to believe that is um your fourth house placement so the fourth house is about family and um like your foundation so mm-hmm. your home life, not just like currently, you know, with your current family, but like your upbringing as well. And the placement here is um, in uh, Capricorn, but you also have your Neptune, the planet Neptune here. Um, mm-hmm. So Capricorn is a very, it's a earth sign. It does like structure and rules and things like that. But I think your, your planet Neptune here is kind of throwing that off a little bit. 
because Neptune is actually the planet that rules the psychic realm, spirituality, dreams and illusions, mm. things like that. So I think a lot of that energy might be um, kind of like coming up to the surface in your family life. Um, just cause you know, you're, you're so much like you said that it was, has been a little bit of a challenge, but you're kind of like comfortable in your own skin now with, um, yeah, just like showing up in your family as who you are. Um, yeah. and I definitely think that that, um, is represented in your chart. Um, so, oh, one other thing I want to dive into is, um, your sixth house. So you talked a lot about uh, wellness, like you being the sleep consultant for parents and their, their babies. Um, so you have a stellium right here in your sixth house. A stellium is when there's three or more planets in one house or three or more planets in the same sign. So, um, you have a stellium here in your sixth house in the sign of Pisces. So Pisces is ruled by Neptune. Pisces is the sign that's all about spirituality um, yeah. esoteric practices, you know, the ethereal realm. And yeah. you have your Mercury here, your Venus here, your sun sign is here in Pisces, of course, and your Jupiter, um, all amazing placements. So Mercury being placed here in your sixth house, Mercury is the planet of communication. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't just rule like dialogue between one person or a group of people. Mercury is also the planet that is going to um, allow you to express yourself at, like as who you are. So like it's mm. your personal mission statement, like how you express yourself to society. That's Mercurian energy. So think of like self-asserting, like asserting yourself and like setting boundaries and things like that. Um, having it here in the house of health and wellness means that, you know, you're always going to like stand up for, you know, what works for you. And you're also going to express that for other people as well. And I think you mentioned that too, when you said you were going to be interviewing the practitioners um, mm. and, uh, the, you know, just getting the message out there to people about knowing that they have a lot of options when it comes to their health, they don't have to stick to one doctor and things like that. You're definitely embodying that mercury energy here in Pisces. Mm. And the other aspect here is your Venus. Again, Venus is the sign about um, love, beauty, elegance, but also prosperity um, being very comfortable, being very um, safe and confident and um, enjoying the rewards of your labor. So I mm -hmm. think, you know, Venusian energy here in health and wellness, I think you're also going to have a very like, um, what's the word? Like, I don't want to say safe, but like, almost like, um, like soft kind of like, kind of like a soft and very like feminine approach to how you teach and like speak about health and wellness. Um, yeah, I'm definitely getting like a very like feminine side of it, not to say that it's just for women, but like it kind of is like a feminine energy as far as like, um, like a nurturing energy, like motherly also and feminine, is that no? no? Yeah, yeah, so kind of like that, like, like, like motherly and nurturing. But like, also, I'm thinking of more like the options that you give people, like the types of things that you tell people, like, mm. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just thinking like, it's kind of like feminine energy. I just, I just, that was just like a divine download. Like that doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that from your placement per se here in the chart. But um, yeah, when I just think of Venus and Pisces, I'm thinking of like feminine, you know what I mean? You know how like there's also these, sometimes these blogs or um 
sometimes podcasts too will have like ways that you can kind of like heal holistic for holistically from something but it's like it might be like a ritual or like something you can do at home yeah like reiki or any of those kind of things as well i'm sorry like reiki or any of those oh yeah 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 definitely Mm. yeah so i'm getting that with your with your venus placement here um and i just i feel like that is more divine feminine energy than more masculine so masculine is more like action oriented it's more like fast pace um kind of like trying to get to the point um feminine energy can sometimes be like more slow um and kind of like allowing things to happen whereas like you know the masculine is more like go and execute um, yeah yeah and then your son's here obviously you're a pisces son and you're um jupiter so like I was saying earlier, Jupiter is the planet of expansion and like really kind of blessing everything mm-hmm. you do, like putting the fairy dust on it. I feel like your Jupiter here and the health and wellness is doing just that. Um, and I think that, you know, you're definitely going to do well with RTT and blending you, what you're doing now is be, with being a sleep consultant. Um, I also think you said you have a love for spiritual knowledge and healing. Yeah, I definitely think that you know, you doing your interviews, I feel like good things are going to come from that as well. I'm sort of wondering if the esoteric is sort of where I should be going further with. Like, I mean, obviously starting with physical, which is the sleep, and then there's RCT that can sort of like combine with the sleep, because I think that feels like a bridge between esoteric and the more physical um, side of sleep, for example. But because of the Akashic Records and doing those sort of healings, um, I, I, I really like those as well because I, I feel like every time some people come and say I have sleep troubles and then I do the Akashic Records healing instead I think I, I feel a bit of a conflict sometimes because I'm, I know it's working and they, they like it but at the same time they're not helping themselves because they're just doing the same patterns of sabotaging behavior <laughs> to prevent mm-hmm. themselves from sleeping so my sort of like sleep brain starts get like sleep path gets very like irritated <laughs> and goes like they're just sabotaging themselves they are just not following you like they're just getting dependent on something else rather than actually doing a sleep test um but i'm not so sure if i should leave the sleep side or, or focus on the esoteric side uh, as a career because i have such a a thing towards spiritual spirituality, talking about it, you know, having discussions about different ways of thinking and healing and things like that. I yeah. don't know if we go towards that as my career path. I just stick on where I'm going with sleep and RTT and doing the Akashic Records and somewhere it's going to make sense at, the, at, at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say, honestly. I mean, I, I don't think you have to choose either one. You know, mm. I think you could definitely continue with both. I mean, like we, like we mentioned earlier in the, um, in the reading that your, your midhaven is in Gemini. Gemini likes multiple, it, it also values diversity. Like it likes different things going on kind of at the same time. So yeah. I think if you continue on, I think, you know, it definitely will make sense to you, but then, you know, you also might find like your ideal client, you know what I mean? Like if it's putting together some type of pack package or like, um, like I mentioned, like a course or I don't know, like an anthology, I don't, something, something where like you would draw in people that would value both. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't limit yourself at all. I mean, and if you feel confident and like, you know, both are lucrative and both have a lot of opportunities and I'm a market, I definitely would continue with both. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so last thing I'll touch on before I wrap up is your um, third house, the house of communication. So we already, like we said that, you know, you love creative, the creative fields, excuse me, creative endeavors. Um, and I think that you really express that. Um, so you have another stellium, your st- a second stellium in your third house. You have three planets here in the third house in Sagittarius. So like I mentioned earlier, Sagittarius is the fire sign, a fire sign. Um, it's the philosopher, really action oriented, and you have um, your Mars here. So Mars is the planet that indicates what keeps you motivated or like, like basically what drives you to wake up every day and do what you are setting out to do. Um, and a Mars placement in Sagittarius is perfect. <laughs> um, Mars is action oriented. So I think you being able to express yourself, um, you know, embodying that personal mission statement is really like a driving force in what you do. Um, you know, you also have your Uranus here. Uranus is all about vision. You know, it's a very visionary planet. Um, you know, it rules Aquarius, Aquarius, they're the humanitarian. So a Uranus in the third house in Sagittarius would also mean that, you know, you don't mind necessarily like deviating from what's expected of you or like, you know, what people are like, what other people are saying and you're not trying to fit in necessarily. I think you're definitely very confident in showing up as like someone who has something different to offer um, and, and like something of value. Um, and I, yeah, and I definitely think that, you know, what you mentioned about like the interviews are going to be that the podcast is going to be very, um, successful with this placement. Now, the third thing I want to mention here, it's kind of bittersweet though, it's your Saturn. So Saturn is like the disciplinary planet of all the planets. It's like the old dad who wants to like have all these rules and like it, you know, he's going to remind you of your limitations. He's going to make, he's going to come down on you when you're not like really doing what you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, the one thing with Saturn is if you do get off track, what he does is he presents challenges and hardships in your life so that you can get back on track. Um, now, and then the reason I say it's bittersweet is because, you know, if you do listen to Saturn and get on track, what's on the other side is complete prosperity and you really being lived. Being, being in alignment and living um, a prosperous life. But if like going through it, kind of like, you know, going through those challenges that come up is, can be very, very um, challenging and painful because um, that's a, a turning in energy. You know, it's, it's a disciplinary planet. Um, so I would say as long as you continue to show up as like a really confident communicator, um, always seeking like new knowledge, um, sharing that knowledge with others, then, you know, your Mars is activated, your Uranus is activated, and I think Saturn would be, you know, satisfied. <laughs> so, yeah, you'd be in the clear from his wrath. So, um, let me see what else. I think that's it. That's all I have, unless you have any other questions. Um, there are small deep desires within me at some point where I would love to, you know, write a book or... Um, 
of the ideas. So writing, so I just plan to write a a guidebook uh, or a handbook, I guess you could say, for like first-time moms or first-time parents, and more mm-hmm. like first-time moms. Um, but there's another small like secret desire in me that I've always wanted to like create, you know, my own storyline, like to write fiction. Um, you know, write a cartoon <laughs> series. Oh yeah, that'd be so cute. Yeah, like um, so it'd be kind of like family oriented, so like both kids and parents can watch it. Yeah, sort of. Have you heard of like the the like uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender type of cartoons? No. <laughs> but if you're really into spiritual stuff, um, it's a very smart cartoon. I feel that that it's meant for children, but it's actually got so much of wisdom and spiritual knowledge mm-hmm. uh, for a children's cartoon and like adults can also watch it all the way like it's three seasons but anyway it's sort of writing something like that which is meant for young audiences but it's also it, uh, it's throwing, throwing in a lot of spiritual knowledge into it um the idea was to have like a female band of superheroes sort of Sailor Moonish but they have the powers of chakras like different chakras Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so that was, that's like one storyline. And then there's other like more adult sort of like drama series type stuff that's really like always putting in um, a, a, something to shift the brain. So for example, um, a Korean drama where everyone speaks Korean, but the lead person is someone who is not Korean, uh, for example, you know, like. Um, a woman of color, for example, from either like India or, you know, states or something, but they're speaking perfect Korean and they're the actual like lead in a Korean TV series. But everyone's speaking Korean the whole time. So like trying to create a challenge, like a a storyline, but then also pushing the boundaries of the viewer, the audience in terms of their perceptions. And it might feel a bit confusing at first, but then they realize that, it becomes like a normal thing after some point because the, the brain just sets like normalcy afterwards. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Are you just asking like, is that a good idea or do I see that being like ideal according to your placements? Uh, both. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, two areas. I mean, yeah, your third house placements and then also your midhaven again for Gemini, like I said you know, Gemini is going to want to stay busy. So, <laughs> you know, I definitely think the more creative things you come up with, you know, I, I think that, you know, your Mars down here in the third house is activated. Um, your Uranus is because Uranus is visionary and forward focused. Um, and then your Gemini, which, you know, wants its hands in a lot of different pots at once. So yeah, for sure. And that may, you know, that might also help you, um, like just feel like your um, RTT and like the Akashic records may like be more synchronized. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you kind of like show up as an author who does both, I think that that kind of would, again, kind of open up a whole nother market of people that you can help or that people would, that you know, that would be inspired by your work. So for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, and then still do the creative projects on the side and, and see how that goes in a way I think that's kind of because most people are just like oh you can do the creative stuff as a hobby 
And I'm like, no, I'd like to make some, some money of it too, you know. <laughs> I don't want to just be hobbying over here and there. Like, I, want, I want these things to like be put to use to actually like make yeah. them well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you can definitely monetize it. I mean, I'm not like a pro at like business strategy, but I definitely think there's a way you can like monetize it. I feel like there's so many like new things that have come out recently, like with people monetizing things on YouTube and, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know if you can put out like maybe some of it on YouTube. And then like, if people want all of the episodes, they can like go to like a membership or like purchase it. You know what I mean? Where it's like, um, you know, you're, you're attracting people that can like view some of your stuff at no cost, but then if they really, really are into it, they can buy it. Um, yeah, I definitely think their their possibilities are endless. So, yeah. That's great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you again. I appreciate your time. Yes, thank you. And um, how did you study life out of curiosity? Um, I got into, hold on. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. Um, I got into it. I joined a 